Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the United States. We're speaking from our box directly behind home plate. But you fans don't need to have me tell you what this is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 109. I will be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, we are Yo. back in the interview game. Yes, sir. Good one here. Uh, was, this was exciting when when uh, you let you told me that we were going to be able to do this. I was uh, I was stoked, man. It's, it's a new perspective on some... You know, new school baseball. Yeah, I mean, the dude, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it in the interview, obviously, but, I mean, the kid was born in 2000. That just makes me feel like a dinosaur. <laughs> it hurts, man. It definitely hurts a little bit, but, you know, I'm uh, I'm happy for the kid. He's, he's, he's a really nice dude, and every interview, interview that I've, you know, been able to watch kind of preparing for this and seeing that he looks like a, a really good down-to-earth, you know, family-oriented kind of kid, so um this would be fun i'll list them off in the interview but the amount the accolades that i don't think there's one that he hasn't earned as a baseball player like I, I think he's covered them all like i don't think there's a box that he's left unchecked which is just incredible and kind of like you were saying super down to earth given that he's we, i mean that's impressive enough to be drafted but knowing that he's he's done all of what he's done and is still that way is very impressive and i think that speaks volumes to to him and his family and how he was raised and just the way he approaches the game so i would definitely say it's uh very very refreshing i guess is the the word to use there it's uh it's cool to see a, a kid like that with so much talent be able to to talk about himself and his accomplishments and in a way that leaves you wanting to talk more about it like he 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 almost was uncomfortable a little bit with with the attention because uh, you can only imagine he's he's been dealing with this uh, for a long time. So, uh, like you were saying, it was uh, it was exciting to to find out we were able to do this. I'm glad he was able to make some time. So, is there anything else before we uh, jump into this? Not that I can think of, man. All right. Well, without further ado, here is our conversation with Bobby Witt Jr. All right, so we are joined here by 2019 second overall pick, Team USA Pan Am gold medalist, Gatorade National Baseball Player of the Year, Under Armour All-American, Sports Illustrated cover athlete, and Coleyville, Texas native, Mr. Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby, appreciate you joining us today, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, actually, I say, sir, you're like 19. Nate, this this <laughs> dude was born in 2000. How old does this make us feel right now? It doesn't make me feel good, man, honestly. Oh, my that, goodness. That kind of hurts unbelievable well bobby i just got to open it up what is it like to be so good at baseball i don't i don't even really know it's just kind of a lot of hard work went into it and just i think it's more of just loving the game honestly just growing up watching it and being around it all my life my dad played professional baseball for 16 years i never really got to be a part of his like going in the field and everything because his last year was in 2001 but with Two, two of my brother-in-laws, they're both professional baseball players. And then 
just seeing them and being around them and just always growing up going to any sort of baseball game I can, whether it's our high school games when I was little or the Ranger games or any baseball game or just any time it's on TV, I'll always be glued to the TV. So just really loving the game. It's just really got me where I'm at here today. So your pops, I know you mentioned that he uh, he played a long time. I'm I'm a little salty about his last season, by the way. I'm a big Yankees fan, so uh, 2001 hit a little different. But um, with him being a pitcher, what was it like as a kid? You know, like that whole process. Did he try to get you to be a pitcher and follow in his footsteps, or you just knew that that wasn't for me? I'm going to be a shortstop. He always had kind of whatever I wanted to do was his kind of philosophy with me. So it was kind of create my own little path for myself. And I pitched throughout high school and growing up and kind of had that, that natural ability to pitch just because of what he did. And he was, he was supposedly, he was wild. I never really got to see him play. And that's kind of how I was growing up too. So I hit a bunch of people growing up and everything. And he's like, that kind of <laughs> reminded me of him. So that was kind of following his footsteps, right? Like that. But then, yeah, just I've always loved just hitting and just being a part in the action, playing, being at short and just being ready for every play because you never know what's going to be the game changer in the game. So, Bobby, your dad, speaking of your dad, he was selected third overall in the draft back in 85, as you obviously know. Is there a little bit of bitterness there with you going number two in the draft? Is there a little, was there a little competition there, a little competitiveness? There's always competition between me and him. And honestly, the first person, we didn't really even think about that until my mom literally, it was probably five minutes after the draft. She was like, hey, you beat dad. And then we kind of laughed about it. But it was just, it's pretty cool to see all those those names up there, King Griffey Jr. and his dad and all those other guys. And now our name's up with them. Just now, hopefully, I can work my way up, make to the big leagues, and hopefully have a successful career out of it. So so always be working for that. Yeah, I believe I saw you all were the – Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you all are the first father-son duo to go top five in the draft, which that's crazy. That's, that's impressive. That's insane. I got go lucky with those genes, I'd say. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, we want to make sure you you keep it to yourself for the most part. But everyone knows that there's quite a signing bonus that comes with that spot in the draft. So, for you, what was like? when you're getting closer and closer to the draft, what was something you knew that you wanted to do or buy once you got that, once you got that signing bonus? Uh, I didn't really even look at that until I guess after the fact, I've always wanted to get kind of just get my family something and repaying, like repaying them with that just because of all the things they've done for me growing up and my mom and dad taking me to the games and always being there for me. So that was kind of that was the really honestly the first thing on my mind. I really didn't have anything else, and then just kind of all that stuff kind of fell into play with just whatever. I got a new car, and that's really about it. And then just kind of saving the rest, and just trying to put that to the side, and then now focus on baseball. No hooking it up for the for the high school or anything like you know getting some new L screens or actually well yes with uh, <laughs> don't there you go. I donated some of the stuff. Uh, some of the money for the high school we did this like golf tournament with them so i helped with that like i had like a each like all the donators had like a hole and then i like sponsored it with like bags and other things and then getting the the team to like with like g-form stuff and other other stuff getting them hooked up with that for this upcoming season that's awesome nice man that's legit so 
Bobby, speaking of kind of kind of sticking with the the draft and the sign bonus and all that, in terms of the draft, can you just walk us through what that was like? I mean, obviously being a number two pick, that's got to be uh, quite an experience. Can you like can you even remember any of it? Were you was it a blur? Were you was it a blackout? Are you able to remember any of it? Oh yeah, I can remember it minute by minute that whole entire day. So just kind of woke up. There's a went up to the field and actually because we were still in the playoffs playing for baseball so I went up to the field and hit a little bit and just kind of did my normal routine that I've always had and there's a little our like high school had a baseball camp going on so I went up there and just kind of talked to some of the guys just kind of I wasn't really nervous or anything at all I was just kind of excited so I didn't really want to be all jittery with it all so I was trying to keep my mind off of that so I was just going up there hanging out with my buddies and then just came back to the house and just really just relaxed and just waited, waited for that, for that call. I had a bunch of people over and then whenever Royals called me, it was right after Rushman was taking one. And I was just like, Holy cow. This is, it's like the things you see in movies. Whenever someone gets drafted, you get the call and they're like, you ready? And I was like, Oh yeah. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's super surreal. And just, it's like, honestly a blessing that I've never thought I would ever have. Yeah. That's cool, man gives me chills still gives me chills man anytime i hear a good draft story so besides the drafting obviously you know being being drafted by the kansas city royals is amazing what's um what's your favorite thing that you've experienced when it comes to the organization itself besides that really getting to meet all the players and the coaching staff and everything i got to go up to kansas city when i signed and got to meet a bunch of the the big leaguers and go to kaufman stadium and see that and everything it was it was amazing it's something that it shows that that that's the big leagues and that's what you got to keep working for and that's really kind of motivated me more and then just going out to Arizona and meeting all the coaches the staff everyone the player personnel they're all just they all want you to be a, a good baseball player but they want you also to be a better person which is something that I can't speak for any other like organization but anything but so it's just really a blessing to be a part of them with them and I'm really excited for what the future has to hold. So Bobby, you mentioned encountering and meeting different people in the organization, uh, kind of thinking outside the box a little bit in turn. I mean, it very well could be in the organization, but uh, just throughout your baseball career uh, so far, who's been the biggest figure uh, or public figure, if you will, that you've been able to meet so far as a result of uh, your journey in baseball? When I was younger, I got to meet uh Dustin Bajoy and talk with him a little bit and he just I've always grew up he was my favorite player I'd like the like the Red Sox and mm. I wore number 15 growing up too and so I always was just and he was and I whenever I was little and everything I, I was a little guy too and he's out there however tall he is going out there winning the MVP a World Series and doing all that and he's just showing with all his emotion he's had He's like that energetic type guy, and I, I like that about him. It's just that's all the reason why I wore 15. And then in high school and everything, 15 was taken, so I changed to 17. And then you're like this. My other guy that I grew up watching and everything was Jeter, so then I went 15 and seven, 15 and 2, 17. So that's kind of how I have that. There we go. See? Yeah, yeah well, it was Pedroia at first. No, they... we're back. We're back. Bobby, you're good now. We're good. Yeah. Bobby, I'm a, I'm a Sox guy. Nate's the Yankees guy. But Nate, I just will go on record. He is very clear that Pedroia was the the primary number choice there. So I think Jeter was the add-on. So we'll we'll just keep that in mind moving forward. Yeah, I have yeah. two 
two Bedroya pictures like autographed on my wall, and then I have a Jeter jersey autographed on my wall. So it's kind of funny. But one side it's Red Sox, and the other side is the Yankee jersey. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're a big uh, Pats guy too, right? Oh yeah, huge Pats fan right now. I actually have the game on, watching it right now as we as we talk. Nate, this has got to be killing you, man. You're just this is just. Uh, I mean, it's just deep in enemy territory now. We're just crossing into this. Crossing into too much stuff going on. I will, however, back you up on one thing. I pretty sure I found out that uh, your whole family is all OU Sooner fans, right? Yes, I was. Two of my, I have three older sisters, and two of them went and cheered at Oklahoma, and then both my mom and dad went to Oklahoma, and then that's where I was committed to as well. And was at the, at the game yesterday. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. It was awesome. Do you have any superstitions? Because a, a few of the guys we've interviewed before have been relatively low key on it. They're just like, nah. I mean, like maybe one or two minor things here, or there, but nothing crazy. Are you uh, being an everyday guy? Do you have Do you have anything that you have to do every single game, uh, or anything like that? Not really super like superstitious, but like if I'm wearing if I'm I have maybe a good game or something, and I'm wearing like a certain arm sleeve or wristband or wearing this type of wrist tape or this, I'll do it again and just see if it keeps it rolling. But I'll always, like, kind of whenever I'm hitting, draw a line from the plate to where my back foot's supposed to go. And then that's something that I always do. And I don't know if that's a superstition or just a routine, but really that's that's about it. Nothing really. So speaking about when you're in the box, who who have you tried to emulate, you know, growing up? I mean, obviously, you know, watching – Pedroia and, and, and Jeter and those two guys being the prominent players, was that who you tried to mechanically be like when you were a kid and then just kind of found your own way? Who was one that you always looked up to mechanically? I never really had one. I always would just kind of pick and choose what I liked from each hitter and kind of try to implement that into my swing in a certain, in any way. And really it's just kind of, I used to have a toe tap and I saw Prince Fielder doing that once and I was like, might as well try that out. And then <laughs> I used to hit straight up how Bedroya hit but then now it's just kind of doing my own thing with a little with a little leg kick and then just kind of I don't I don't really have a really a comparison right now I'd say so kind of speaking of guys in the game uh Nate and I were actually just talking last episode about how we felt that and we might be wrong but we we feel pretty good about it we feel as though right now we're in the golden era of left side infielders between third and short so my question for you would be is who do you think uh, playing in the game right now, who the best third baseman and shortstop are right now? There's a lot of, there's a lot of good ones right now, whether it's defensively or offensively or all that pretty much all the teams have all those gold glovers. And then Tatis just watching him play is it, it's exciting because every play there could be a game changing moment with him. And then just with kind of the, the veterans watching Arenado play third and Matt Chapman play third as well. And then just uh, Angleton Simmons has however many gold gloves. He's a stud shortstop. So a lot of them, uh, Correa, Trevor Story, really, I'd say all of them are, are top notch. So there's no really, I wouldn't say any of them are not good. As far as, you know the the swag. You mentioned you got some sleeves. I saw some highlights, man. There was, you had some drip going. A couple arm sleeves, some tape. I was okay with it. Yeah, I had a, 
during high school, I did a little, a little something, something. I always wore eye black, had an arm sleeve, and then every once in a while I'd wear wrist tape. Just kind of keep it consistent throughout it all. So you're one of those guys that has to have, I got to have something on. When I played, I had to have something. I couldn't be, I felt naked if I didn't have anything on. Same way? With my arms and there, yeah, I kind of feel, yeah. I don't know, I just kind of, I'm just so used to it now. Just with always doing it. So then whenever I don't do it, it's just like, feels, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like I'm in uniform. So, Bobby, transitioning back to, to some Royals talk, I did one question I did have for you, um, and you may not have thought about this all too much, but uh, in kind of doing some research on you, uh, the name or the, the phrase franchise shortstop popped up a number of times. How, when you hear that, knowing that, it, that, the, that that phrase is being attached to you, how do you, how do you interpret that and how do you uh, deal with that kind of, uh, attention on a day-to-day basis yeah it's always kind of cool to just see those things but really it, it's on all that stuff's on paper until it's in like true fine print and everything until it's actually true then i'll then i'll believe it what i see so i just kind of gotta go out there like i've been saying and just keep keep grinding throughout it all because this is a this is a grind and you could say all you want about this and that but until i say if it's not been proven then can't take anything for granted so speaking about like the shortstop position um have they talked to you about whether the you know the possibilities of sliding out of out of the infield at all or sliding to a different position has that come across the conversation in any way no not at all just been been working at short a lot just trying to get keep keep working at it and just kind of trying to get better and better and just going about it and whatever they want me to do then that's what i'll do for the team is there any rule changes? There's obviously been a, a, a number of conversations had uh, across the league in terms of rules that have been implemented recently. Not, not even necessarily rules stuff. I mean, it's been around for a while, but like with the instant replay, um, and then we've got kind of the exper- experimentation going on in the Atlantic League a little bit. Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you that you're either totally for or completely against? I think there'll always be the replay, and every sport has now NBA. Everything's doing with the replay, and I think that's key in big games and any game actually. And just with, I just don't know how about those like you know those the the umps the whatever the robotic umps. I just think it's it's America's pastime for a reason, and it's always had been the same way. And just trying to implement the robotic umps, I don't know how. Maybe it might change the game and everything, but I don't know about those. Yeah, man, I like that. Well, I think you're talking to two old school guys, so you can, you can definitely feel free to uh, to open up about that. By the way, your uh, your Patriots caught an L. Sounds yeah. like I'm just getting these oh. updates. That's tough, man. I I'm sorry to sorry, got to go through that. That's all good. <laughs> um, so tell us. Um, Kyle mentioned the whole, um, you know, Team USA. Tell us about that whole experience, man. What was it like winning a gold medal? Oh, that's on, that's on the top of my list, just right there with the draft. And it just going out. We went out to Panama, and just the group of guys we had and the coaching, everyone, the people, the staff. It was something that I'll never forget, just with us doing that. Rep- anytime you represent your country and just getting that opportunity to wear USA across your chest, it's it's just like it's baseball, but it's just when you hear the national anthem before the game, it's it, you can't really describe it how it is. It's something that I'll never forget. And then my dad had the opportunity to play for the Olympics, and he says the same for the Olympic team in 
84, and he says the same thing about that. So I was just super excited when I got the opportunity. We came out with the gold, went down to Panama and beat Panama, and it was it was awesome. So kind of piggybacking off of that a little bit, I'm just sitting here looking at, at these accomplishments. I mean, it's very incredible. In terms of the All-American, I think you were in the Perfect Game uh, Classic as well. What was it like playing in in some of those classic parks? I think you were in Wrigley for a little bit. What was it like stepping into those confines? Yeah, anytime getting to step in a big league ballpark and getting to play there and just playing against pretty much your buddies and everything and going up there and having a good time pretty with all of those. They, they set it up like a first-class event, each and every one of those groups. And then just playing at Wrigley and Petco Park and – even the Ranger Stadium at the States play game and just throughout all that, it's just you, you look back and you're like, geez, all these players played here, and then now you're stepping in the same box that those guys did, and then it's just it's awesome. So I, I know I, I do my best to try to ask questions that I feel like the average Joe just doesn't know and the average person doesn't know, including myself. What is What's the experience of now that you are officially signed and you're a member of the Kansas City Royals? And you have this, you know, this journey in front of you. What's the whole endorsement process like? Is are you just getting calls left and right from different companies? What does that whole thing kind of look like for you? Yeah, just kind of what the the agency handles, and they kind of do all that, and it kind of goes through me, and it's just really just what's best for me and what helps me perform the best at whatever I'm comfortable in and with all that, whatever I like, and just kind of experimenting with things and just kind of going through that but while not trying to make that a huge thing because baseball is the number one priority with all that too yeah because i was gonna say i mean we, you're talking to two rawlings guys so are you a you're a rawlings or you're a wilson guy i'm a wilson guy oh okay mixing it up a little bit all right i've used them a long while and i guess pedroy had a little bit to do with that because whenever that was uh, kind of my first love the, the pedroy model nate see who's modeling his choices after let's just hope he has better knees all right, there is no, I mean, no need for that. That was a little, that was a little low. Uh, Bobby, tell me a little bit about the Sports Illustrated experience. Like, that's just got to be a baller move to just be plastered on on the front of the Sports Illustrated. What was that? What was that like? One of the days they told me to come early to take pictures, and they didn't really tell me what it was for. And I was just like, okay, just team photos or whatever. So we took the pictures, and then I was out in California for the it was like the Gatorade Play of the Year stuff and awards, and then. Payne Manning's like, yeah, you're. He was on stage during these little award shows. Like, yeah, this is our new Sports Illustrated thing, and that was right after I won the National Player of the Year. And I was just like, oh, that's that's kind of crazy on cover of Sports Illustrated. Never thought that that would actually come true. And then it, it thought I was dreaming for a little bit, and then actually got myself a copy and everything. And then uh, I was like, yep, it's real. So that's something that I'll never forget as well. So I just really just honored with all these accolades and everything and just kind of also doing all that it just kind of motivates me to keep trying to get more and more nice man so if you um if you come on into the show you know in the next few years and you're, and you're starting to do some things and you're starting to make you know kind of a breakout season at some point um if you were to lead in any specific offensive category which one would you want to lead in um probably just batting average just getting Helps a team, helps everyone out. Batting average, if you're getting on base, and that means you're hopefully scoring runs, and which leads to more wins. 
Old school. See, I like it. You're doing okay, Bobby. I'm, I'm glad. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to know he still thinks uh, he thinks batting average matters because not enough people out there think that they're just writing that stat off completely, which is a little disappointing. Not gonna lie. Like you can't just write that off. Like it still has value, at least in our opinions. Oh yeah, for sure. One question for you, kind of open it up a little bit. If you had to make somebody a fan for life, like they, they didn't know the first thing about baseball, but you had to pick a moment in baseball history to show them, and you could be like, this is the moment, and you could make them a fan for life, what would that moment be? Of any baseball moment? Any baseball moment in any point in baseball history. Probably one of uh, Big Poppy's walk-off home runs. Thank you. Nate. Wow. This is rough. How man. about it? I don't know, just this seeing is... that or any any walk off home run or just in the playoffs or whatever it is or Bo Jackson running up the wall. There's just too many to go pick one. I'd probably pick fifty and that'd be still too not enough. Not enough. Let me ask you this. How do you speaking of the socks, how do you balance uh your fandom for your current organization with the socks? It was is... funny, uh like it was a couple weeks after i was drafted and everything the red sox were playing the royals and i was rooting for the royals because now i'm a part of them and everything so i guess i'm more i'm a royals fan now yeah that's i'd say that's the right answer yeah i like it i like it um so does it change the way you think at all um knowing that you know you're with an organization that's looking to take a turn for the better you know that they're Obviously, have been struggles the last few years, and um, they were in a, a you know a good position to get you in that spot in the draft. But how does it feel being a part of an organization that's rebuilding? I'm excited for it, just because I get to be a part of an amazing organization and what they do for the, like I was saying earlier, what they do for their players is is amazing, and all the players that I've met and everything there. They're first class and what they do, they go about, they do their business. Or not a lot of, you don't hear a lot of like the Royals guys kind of getting in trouble and everything throughout the minor leagues and everything. And they, they got things going right throughout the minor leagues just with their pitching and players and position players and everyone. It's so everything's going good. I'm excited to see what's to come for the Royals and hopefully get back winning and be excited. So, Nate, I don't know what you got left in terms of the more serious tone questions but i know i've got a couple here uh a couple takes i want to get from bobby so i don't know if you got anything left before we get into more of the the loose questions let's see what uh let's see what bobby's all about here open it up so i just got two real quick two pretty simple ones the first one bobby is are you team popeyes or team chick-fil-a chick-fil-a for sure i actually have not even had the new sandwich yet it's not worth it yeah i won't even waste your time <laughs> won't even worry about it it's good it's good but it's not it's not on the level of chick-fil-a and i don't think anything will ever be on the level of chick-fil-a so like i said probably won't even worry about it uh my next question for you here is we're before i ask you this nate and i are completely against tropicana field existing <laughs> Like we just cannot stand it. So on a scale of one to ten, what w- as a stadium, what would you give it? I got to play there, and it was the the surfaces and everything was nice, and every just the one thing is just kind of the white ceiling. It's just kind of it's different. Seeing playing in that and just 
doing that, but I, it's pretty cool getting to play there and just the area and everything. But I know it doesn't really get the fans that it wants to, but I'd give it probably a six or seven. Wow. Not bad. Okay. So, okay. so let me ask you this. When you're on the field, because you said you play there, so you had a perfect view for this. How, what are the what are the catwalks like on the field when you look up? Like, I mean, is it one of those things where because you you see one thing on TV, and I'm sure you 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 see one thing even from the the bleachers out in the outfield or something. But when you're on the field and you look up and you see those, what how, like what's the depth perception like? Is I mean, does it does it feel like they're right on top of you, or do you feel like you got a little bit of space to work with? Yeah, it, it for sure feels like they're up there and. But just, I feel like once a fly ball goes up, it kind of shows you how, like, not as high as it really is. But then, I don't know, I've ruined it probably, like, whatever, 10 times a year, it probably gets hit. So, it's I don't think it's a big effect for players that are out in the field doing that. So, I guess it's it's pretty cool to see that, though. I think it'd be cool to watch a game up there. I can respect it, because I personally have never been. And I've definitely never played on it, so... I mean, it's just, it's a different perspective. So I can appreciate that. Six or seven. We're going to go with six probably when we, when we post that. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Just to help our point we'll, a little bit. Yeah. Thanks. We'll, we'll air on the, we'll air on the yeah. six. Um, top, top three baseball movies. Let's see how you do on this, Bobby. Fever pitch. Ugh, Red Beautiful. Again. What are I we doing? I love it. Um, the natural and bench warmers. Wow! Ooh, dark horse, transformers in there. That's impressive. Well, there's a lot more too, but those are the ones I'm kind of going off the top of my head. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Benchwarmers movie is definitely a generational thing. I feel like so. Props for sticking to. Uh, man, I feel like an old man. I think the natural at two. I'm. That's interesting. Now, is that because of the? I know for a lot of people, it's the home run scene. Is that what does it for you, or is that more of just a an across the board great movie for you? Yeah, I just think it's just, a, just kind of shows the pastime and everything. Yeah, with that home run as well, with all that, it's just just an all all around good movie. It's kind of more more the serious side than the bench warmers kind of. Yeah, I would I would definitely say so. The bench warmers is that's a good one, but I would have not anticipated that coming in at three for you. But that's uh, that's definitely different than what we've heard, Bobby. From your perspective. And maybe there's a conversation going on in your circle. Do you think the balls were juiced this year at the big league level? I really, I don't know. But just with seeing the, because they use those same balls in AAA, and just with the, however, I don't know what the stat is, but it went up a huge amount and everything. But still, those those pitchers are throwing a hundred plus. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I really often. I'll tell you hopefully one day when I make it. <laughs> I'm sure that will be sooner rather than later. I anticipate that being uh, being very close in the future. All right, man. So my last one, we'll just see how you're doing here. I mean, because so far you're not doing so great on my end. Um, let's see what your Mount Rushmore is for baseball guys. Um, I know Poppy and Pedroia are probably going to be up there. Jeter, for sure. Trout. I have to go with Barry Bonds. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, just with hearing stories about about him and just, I just kind of think he's up there with one of the best hitters of all time. 
wow. even though what all happened and everything, but still just seeing videos about him and just his technique of hitting with all that. So Bobby out here with the hot takes. See, you're taking a little pressure off me, bro. I appreciate it. How many is that? That's three. Three. Mm, I don't know. Who the other? How many of them are there? Five or four? I think there's four. Four. Right, Kyle? It's got to be four. I feel terrible for not knowing this. I think it's same. This is not at a very we have the proud American moment here. We have the luxury of Google. Let me just uh, pull this up. It is indeed <laughs> four. All right, thank God. Oof. Any classic guys in there? Old school dudes? There's so many to choose from. I'm Cal Ripken Jr. Excellent. There it is. boy. That's you the just, right answer. You topped it off. You did good. We can we can cross off all the bad answers you did before. That was good. Just let the kid be a Sox fan, Nate. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You mentioned guys like Bonds. Has your dad talked about some of the guys he had faced and what some of the challenges were in that, like some of the some of the tougher matchups that he had. Yeah, he'll every once whenever like a guy's names get popped up or whatever, he'll say like kind of what he did against them or whatever happened. He said a couple times uh, Mark McGuire, some of the balls that he hit off him because my dad said he could throw pretty hard, and whenever McGuire connected, and he said the balls, he had a sore neck the next day trying to no doubt see the ball where they went. No doubt. It's just with it's more about that, just this home run, how far the home runs he given up, really. And then every once in a while he'll throw in you. I punched him out three times or however many. I don't I don't even know how he remembers all that. But then he always will come up back with his the home run that he hit at Dodger Stadium. And how many really did he have in his career? I don't even know. One. One, that's it. Just the one. Nice. At Dodger Stadium though, that's a good one to have. Yeah, he went it's it was close to Dead Central out there. Wow. Yeah, so he was, he's proud of that moment. That's awesome. He Nate. always has that on me right now. He says, how many home runs do you have in the big league? I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in the shade. I love it. He says it takes one to be a home run hitter. So he, he's always got that. Well, so Nate's... what do you do outside of baseball, man? What's, uh, what's kind of you know your way of relaxing? you play some golf? Do you play video games? What's your move? I do a little bit of everything. Uh, not very good at golf or video games, so still working on that. Don't feel bad. What we tell the guys that we talk to all the time is, as good as you are at baseball, don't feel bad that you're not good at golf and video games. <laughs> just carry the torch for guys like us who are just terrible, and just leave the golf and video games to us. You just go out and tear it up on the diamond. Don't feel bad whatsoever. So, Yeah, it's just hard just being such a competitive guy. I want to be kind of the best at yeah, everything. Yeah, totally get that. it. Trying to, trying to get better and better with it. We're working on it. And then really just kind of working out and hanging out. Nothing. I don't really hunt or fish all that often. And then that's really it. Well, Nate, I got a couple DMs from some listeners, unless you got anything else. I mean, let's run it. All right, Bobby. So first question for you. And I'm curious myself. Grant asks, what does a typical off-season workout day look like for you? So pretty much Monday through Friday, or Monday through Friday I work out. I'll wake up around 7.30, eat a little breakfast. I leave my house around 8.30 to go to work out. And our workout's like an hour and a half, hour to hour and a half. And after I'll have a protein shake or whatever, and then we'll go hit some of the guys we work out with. 
and then either throwing or that I'll come back home, eat a big lunch, just hang out. That's when I'll try to play a little video games or something. And then later on, that's when I'll throw or like take a break or like after working out and ever hitting and then I'll take that break, rest a little bit. And then later, like around, I don't know when it is, the afternoon time, that's when I'll either throw or go take ground balls or do and that such or whatever. So then I'll hit Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then probably either Saturday or Sunday, whatever it is. And then kind of start hitting every day, getting closer to when I have to go report out there and then just really kind of just repetitive. And then every once in a while, just something comes up, we'll go to dinner or like go to a, Stars hockey game, Mavs basketball game, or whatever, like Oklahoma game this weekend, and just things kind of pop up. Well, these next two questions, I know we've we've already uh, chatted about your dad a little bit. These next two are, are related to that. Ryan uh, wants to know what it was like being a kid with your dad in the bigs. Yeah, with him retiring when I was such when I was like one years old, I never really got to do that with him, but he always pushed me, which is what I I liked, and he wanted the best for me always, and so. Just growing up, you know, he would always be there throwing BP for me and doing that. And just he he know he went he did the road that I'm on now. He's done that path and just he's giving me the tips and everything and pointers and just if I ever have a question about something, he has an answer. So that's a good thing because he's been around the game for so long and just in the know of everything. So it's really good to have him there. It's almost like my little cheat sheet for everything. Gotcha. And then last question here, Ray wanted to know ten pitches. <laughs> You versus your dad, presumably in his prime. How do you think you do? Ooh, I've had that one a couple times. Uh, well, right now, obviously, I I take him ten for ten. <laughs> Yikes! He might hit me a couple times now, but then back then, I don't know. It's from video that I've seen, he had a pretty good slider and threw some cheese. So I, I my goal would be to go for five hundred off him, just to have that be above the the average of 300 but i don't know that'd be that'd be really fun go back in time and do that what do you think he would say what would his answer to that question be oh he'd say he'd strike me out every time Jeez. <laughs> love it there you weren't lying when you're talking about there being a competitive this there that's awesome oh yeah throughout the whole family it's fun well nate that's uh that's all i got you got anything else for our guy bobby here that's it for me, Bobby. Man, I I appreciate you coming on, brother. It was uh it was fun talking to you. Um, definitely stay in touch and uh and try to you know throw some shade out there when uh you know any Yankees Red Sox opportunities pop up because people always love that. Right, now now that's the Royals though. There you go. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's the right answer. Well, Bobby, we appreciate you hopping on with us, man. Uh, before I let you go, just want to give you a chance real quick. Uh, to let people know where they can find you on social media. Instagram is, uh, I think it's bwitter15. And then uh, Twitter, bwjr15. And that's really it. All right, man. Well, again, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. Looking forward to talking soon. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Peace uh, out, Bobby. All right. So there is our interview slash conversation with 2019 second overall pick Bobby Witt Jr. Nate, how did we feel about this? Oh man, one, I feel old. Two, 
I was not expecting the kid to be as big of a Red Sox fan as he was. That, uh, that kind of hurt a little I bit. I ate it up. I yeah. loved every second of that, in case you couldn't a little, tell. A little disappointed. But, I mean, like we were saying before we we uh, transitioned to the, to, to the interview, just a super down-to-earth kid. I mean, like we were saying, the, the amount of things uh, and the variety of things that he's accomplished – in just 19 years as a, as a 19 year old, I, I mean, it's incredible. And yeah. I think he is going to be up in the, uh, up in the show sooner rather than later. And I'm excited to see what he's able to do for that organization. Kind of like you were saying the organization, Kansas city Royals, I mean, they're, they're due to make a turnaround and I think he's going to be right there in the thick of it. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I, you did a good job of mentioning the, the word franchise shortstop. I mean, there's there's something to be said about this kid. He's, um, you know, like I was saying, he's a, a family-oriented kind of guy, um, obviously down to earth. But when you mix that with with real, you know, talent, it's uh, it's special. And so, you know, there's a reason in my mind he thinks that you know two guys that he always you know, thinks about is Pedroia and Jeter. Those are two guys that uh, just went out there in their career and, and kept their mouth shut and just played really good baseball. And um, he seems like that kind of grinder, you know. So it's uh, it's going to be cool to see what he's going to turn out to. Yeah, I think the, the fact that his dad uh, has the kind of story that he has, obviously he, he alluded to it a little bit, um, using, using his dad – and his experiences almost as a cheat sheet. Uh, I think that was cool to see how he's kind of pulled from that. Um, and I think it was uh, also cool to hear the story of the whole the whole draft night. Uh, and the fact that he even remembered, I mean, he was like, yeah, I remember minute by minute. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, if I was in that situation, I'm not remembering a single thing. Like I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably remembering like an hour after the fact when I've regained consciousness the fact that he can remember that is is very impressive. Yeah, and I think he lucked out a little bit with it lining up with some some playoff high school baseball. So I'm glad it probably kept his mind off of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. One thing I did want to ask him, and I didn't get a chance to, I really wanted him to like just be open about it. I wanted to ask him kind of what his what some of his career goals were. And not like the the classic typical interview response was I just want to uh, have a spot on the team and, and help them win and go out there and do my best. I wanted him to come out and be like, yeah, I want to hit like 80 home runs in the season. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping for that, but obviously didn't get a chance to ask that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's very, very short and direct with his answers, which is a good sign for him. I mean, he's, as we've kind of been talking about, he's going to be dealt with, a lot more than he already has been. He's going to be dealing with a lot of interviews because I'm certain that uh, there's a great amount of success uh, in his future. So uh, definitely a good sign for him. I was glad to hear he was Team Chick-fil-A. I was I was concerned. I was like, this Red Sox fandom is, is a little too good to be true. He's probably going to be a Team Popeyes guy, but he came through, uh, which which was awesome. It was. Yeah. I think the thing. I'm just going through my notes here. I think uh, the the part where we talked about the golden area, golden era of 
left side infielders. The fact that even he was just like, yeah, there's like a million guys that are awesome. I think that further validates our our uh, our point that that we were trying to make of being in this time right now where there's just infinite guys that are that can hold it down on the left side. So it was cool yeah. to see a young guy like that still recognize um, and, and kind of validate our takes a little bit. I mean, we're not ancient by any means, but certainly I would say we came from a slightly different era of ball. So it was uh, cool to see him have a have a mixture of that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, he he's obviously educated. He's naming off guys that were well before his time, and um, you know, naming specific stuff was was pretty neat about you know Bo Jackson, one of those moments. But you know, the fact that uh, he pays attention and uh, he has been paying attention to baseball his whole life, um, I think it's just going to show up, and and you know, the respect that he has for the game is going to be something that'll take him along a long way down the road. Hopefully. Uh, you know, for many, many years. Well, that was another conversation in the books. Uh, Hopefully we'll have a number of interviews coming down the pipe because I'm trying to be super heavy on the interview side this offseason. I was curious, though, how we're going to handle this when when the old wedding bells ring (laughs) New Year's Eve. Like We might have to take a little break. We're probably going to have to take a little break. You might be a little busy. Because I'm not about to be recording an episode while I'm on my honeymoon. I, I love Smart. you, but Smart. I, I, Smart. I, I mean, I mean, I love doing this, but I, I don't think <laughs> I, could, I don't think I could do that. No, um, but yeah, kind of on that note, I think we'll we'll uh, have some other interviews lined up. I I know I say this all the time. I hate calling them interviews. They're more just conversation, just relatively low key. Uh, but like I said, hopefully, hope to have some more of those. Coming up soon, but other than that, got anything else for us? That's it for me, brother. Mr. Reyes. Well, that'll do it for us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate, how many stars? Hmm. I mean, just give us five, truthfully. We're just we're out here hustling and you know I mean we're, we're producing. We're tracking down future Hall of Famers. I mean, even if this kid didn't play a single game in the big leagues that resume in and of itself is more probably more than I'll accomplish ever in my life <laughs> combined. So, I mean, assuming he, he goes on to have a, a long successful career, uh, we could be looking this, this could be a future hall of famer interview. So that'd be, nice, uh, man. That'd, be that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, well, as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys next week. You know, the drill don't go chasing curveballs. We love y'all. And as always looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon until next time. Stay filthy. Time to take you time. Don't tell me you don't see it. You look. You understand.